I started listening to the Happy Home Birth podcast about midway through my second pregnancy. A friend recommended the podcast for its positive birth stories. I was planning another hospital birth, but I wanted to hear how natural labors unfolded because I wanted to have an unmedicated hospital birth this time. During my first labor, I got an epidural pretty early on. When it came time for pushing, I was making minimal progress, which isn't that surprising considering I had been lying on my back for the past eight hours and couldn't feel anything, um, especially not the urge to push. They had to tell me when to push and for how long, and they gave me oxygen in between pushing. This all seemed pretty counterintuitive, but I couldn't articulate why at the time. After all, it sounded like a pretty typical hospital birth and similar to the birth stories I had been told up to that point. Our son was delivered with the help of a vacuum extractor. So when we got pregnant with our second baby, I knew that I wanted to go about things differently. Um, Like many of the women you interview for the podcast, I read Ina Mae Gaskin's Guide to Childbirth, and it really changed my perspective. I loved hearing birth stories, so I really enjoyed listening to your show as I went for my daily walks. Um, Also, listening to your show led me to looking into spinning babies, um, seeing a chiropractor weekly, and hiring a doula. All the preparation and research gave me confidence as my pregnancy progressed that I could have the birth that I envisioned. When the big day came, I labored at home for as long as possible before heading to the hospital. We got there just in time. I was already at a nine. Then my water spontaneously ruptured and we barely got to a room before I felt the urge to push. After about 10 minutes of pushing, our daughter arrived. The hospital care providers were so accommodating to our wishes. They had no problem with delayed cord clamping, and we got about two hours of uninterrupted skin-to-skin time. I am proud of her birth story and know that it was due to all of the preparation I did beforehand, which all began with listening to the Happy Home Birth podcast. Hey, Caitlin. My name is Kate. Um, I'm a pretty new listener to your podcast. I'm currently pregnant in my beginning of my third trimester. This is my second pregnancy and I'm planning a home birth and I'm super grateful to have found your podcast because my whole intent in searching for it was to find encouraging positive stories about home births. My first pregnancy and birth was at a hospital and it was pretty standard. Thankfully, nothing too traumatic, but typical medical, you know, delivery. Um, and as my life has changed being a mom, home birth just feels better to me. I'm due in the beginning of February and I've done lots of amazing preparation with my midwife and my doula and uh, the Bradley method. So you're just icing on the cake listening to your podcast because it really helps me hear all the different varieties of normal. And I'm a nurse. I'm not an OB nurse, so I will not claim that I know anything about that area of the body. I didn't do that. I was an ICU nurse for a long time. Um, now I do telephone triage, but with my nursey brain, um, I've just loved learning all the things there are about the human body and just all the varieties of normal because nursing school does not teach you anything that is even close to reality when it comes to pregnancy and birthing, at least in my opinion. And listening to your podcast and the stories of the other women just encourages me and lets me know all the different varieties of normal and that I can do this, that I am a healthy, low risk, strong, capable woman. And I get to be empowered by all the wonderful stories that your podcast shares. So 
super excited for you having 100 episodes and wanted to share this with you. Thank you so much for what you do. Welcome to the Happy Home Birth Podcast, your source for positive natural childbirth stories and your community of support, education, and encouragement in all things home birth and motherhood. Well, hey there, happy home birthers, and welcome to, I can't believe I'm saying it, episode 100 of the Happy Home Birth Podcast. I'm your host, Caitlin Fusco, and I am just as thrilled today as I was on day one to be hosting this incredible podcast. Guys, this has been so amazing to speak to so many mothers from so many different walks of life and have them share their home birthing experiences. It's been unbelievable and so satisfying to know that you guys are enjoying it as much as I am. So in these 100 episodes, there have been over 125,000 downloads. People are listening from all over the globe, from the United States to Australia, Ireland, Saudi Arabia, Israel. It's amazing. And I get so excited to see where you are all listening from. So this week's episode is perfect for our celebration, and it is an instant classic. We're going to be speaking to Christine and Andrew, who share how they viewed home birth as a team sport. It's just a wonderful interview. And before we dive in, I would like to give a quick thank you to those of you who sent in voice messages explaining why happy home birth was important to you or how it has helped you. It means the world to me, and I look forward to sharing some of those throughout today's episode. I also wanted to let you know that in celebration of our 100th episode, I am going to be opening up Happy Home Birth Academy for one week. This is going to be the only time that this is offered until the end of the year. At the beginning of the year, 2021, we will be reopening, but from here on out until the end of the year, this is your one opportunity. If you have been interested in Happy Home Birth Academy, but you knew that it wasn't available, well, now is your chance, my friend. Hop on in. All you have to do is go to myhappyhomebirth.com forward slash HHA. Jump in and get that this week only. All right, in order to keep me from going on and on on my soapbox about how wonderful all of you are, let's go ahead and get to this episode. I know you're going to love it. Please remember that the opinions of my guests may not necessarily reflect my own and vice versa, and neither one of us are medical professionals, so continue to see your doctor, midwife, or if you're like me, your chiropractor. Christine and Andrew, thank you so much for coming on the Happy Home Birth Podcast. Hi, Caitlin. It's nice to be here. Thanks for having us. Yeah, I'm so excited to have you, and I would love for you guys to start by just introducing yourselves and your family to the listeners. My name is Christine, and I'm joined by my husband, Andrew. We've been married for two years, and this is our first child and our first home birth. Very nice. So I'm curious to hear how this all came about. You had a home birth with your first baby. A lot of people don't, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, well, let's, let's try it out in the hospital first and then we'll go home. So I'm really excited to hear how you guys got to home birth. Was that the plan initially? 
So initially, I started with OB care um, just because it was probably like the easier route with insurance and getting an appointment and not being able to do research with like midwives around here because we're not from um, this area. And so I just took the OB route because I felt like it was easier. Um, and as I was doing research about pregnancy and birth and labor, I just felt more, you know, I felt more um, drawn to the midwifery care and home birth and, you know, being in my own environment and how that's more beneficial to, you know, the birth and the baby and the whole experience. And so at 28 weeks, um, we made that final decision to switch over to midwifery care. And in our area, there are only maybe like three or four um, midwives that were available that I found on Google. Um, and so I just kind of reached out to them and the, you know, the one that we had our initial phone consultation with, um, we liked her a lot and we clicked with her. And so um, we just made that switch over. <laughs> Very nice. So did you know about home birth at all before you decided to go with the OB or was that something that you guys learned about as you were kind of researching later? Um, a little bit of both. Um, I kind of knew about home birth, but I didn't know about, you know, all of it, about what it entails and just birth in general too. Um, you know, even if it was going to be in the hospital setting, I want it to be a natural birth. And then as I was meeting with the OB and I was trying to kind of get more answers and kind of talk to her about like a birth plan, she kind of brushed it off and it kind of rubbed me the wrong way. And so I thought like, I definitely wanted to do the new free care route. Um, and then also just, you know, listening to podcasts like happy home birth or um, watching YouTube videos and watching um, that documentary. <laughs> The business of being born. Yep. <laughs> and that kind of just pushed us um, even more towards I, a home birth. I think there's, there's also an element of, of when you kind of find out that you're having your first child. I think like Christine um, alluded to there, there's an element of like, I, you don't really know what to do. Um, maybe that's, that's our case, but I think it's easy for you to go, Hey, what do you do? You go, you go to the OB, right? You start there. That's kind of like a well-trotted path that, that folks know about and feels kind of safe. Um, and I, and I think the more that we went, obviously I know COVID had made things a little bit different than maybe what the usual experience was, but I felt like going to those, um, visits with Christine, there was kind of, kind of an emphasis just on, it was real short. It was real. There wasn't a whole lot of information. There wasn't a whole lot of education, um, which I think was sort of a desire on our part for um, maybe a little guidance in some ways. And I think with that gap, um, you know, it kind of pushed us to start looking in other, other places for more information on our own. And I think that sort of holistically pushed us a little bit more towards, um, a different style uh, of care that it seemed like midwifery care fit better into that, that profile of what we were looking for more personalized, um, a bit more, um, coaching or education, a bit more intimacy or, or kind of connection in that regard. So, um, I think in, in that, 
in that way, that sort of drifted us away from, I guess, the traditional OB care model towards um, midwifery care. So, Oh, that is very well put. It's really interesting hearing it from your perspective too. So you were attending these, these OB prenatal appointments and you were feeling as well that there was kind of a lack of information, Andrew? Yeah, I, I get, and again, there may be an, an element of, of not really knowing what to expect um, in, in not having gone through that process. And I don't know folks who have gone through this with numerous children or a number of births and they go to an OB for each one. Maybe that becomes sort of just what, what you expect. And I guess maybe I, I thought there was more to it or I was maybe expecting <laughs> it. Um, and, and so, yeah, I, I think that was my takeaway leaving each one of those was like, okay, like, what are we doing next? Or what should we be thinking about? Or what should we, um, you know, putting our focus on and making sure that, you know, we're ready for what we need to do. And I, I do remember kind of, you alluded to that, Christine, of like, the one thing that stuck out was like, okay, we're getting to the business end of this pregnancy. Like what, what should we be doing in terms of a birth plan? And it was kind of like, oh, like, don't worry about that. The hospital will kind of take care of that for you. <laughs> that that reaction stuck with me in terms of like, okay, this doesn't feel like you understand us. You understand maybe what, what we're trying to do or what we want to do. Um, and it's more, I don't know, for, for lack of a better word, we're sort of, we're a patient. And I know that the, the care model kind of means, you know, you've got a lot of patients. There's only so much time to be able to see them. Um, it, there's sort of a profitability model there that means, you know, you got to get us in and get us out and you want to have a repeatable um, process. So I, I think for folks who are open to other areas, which we were, I think it made sense for us to start investigating what other opportunities were available. So mm-hmm. that, that absolutely makes sense. And, you know, as you're saying, you know, gosh, like there's not there's not more to this? Like, are are you not going to give us some homework or something? Like, what are we supposed to be working on? There should be so much more. And and it is very disappointing. And I know that that OBs are busy. Like, it's just a busy process. It's a busy place. Um, But that lack of intimacy that you guys mentioned is, is huge. And so I'm really happy to hear that you did reach out and find a midwife. And I'd love to hear what that experience was like, especially after going through the OB care for 28 weeks. Yeah, that was great um, to be able to just talk to her on the phone initially and then coming in for visits um, compared to the OB visits. They were less than five minutes. And at first I thought that was great because I don't like being in a hospital or like clinical setting anyway. So I was like, oh, that's perfect. Just in and out. But then I realized that I had questions and I wanted deeper answers. And so when we went to go visit our midwife, we sat there for 45 minutes to an hour and just got to know her. She got to know us and she asked questions and we were able to ask her questions without feeling rushed. Um, so that was really nice. Yeah, that that's huge. Yeah, it was, I, I know when we both kind of, I think there was a point when we both felt like, okay, maybe maybe midwifery care is a better route for us, but I know that I certainly felt, I kind of maybe have some of those concerns. You know, we listened to a podcast by, by you all and a number of, of other midwives recently. And there was kind of an emphasis on this idea that maybe men have this idea of wanting to protect their families. And I think that was my thought as we went through that conversation was, okay, so like I'm, I'm open to this idea, but what, 
what I want, I want to make sure we have the best outcome possible. Um, and, and that kind of stuck with me. And that was always something in the back of my mind. I was open to going that route, but I think the one thing that made a big difference was the ability to sit down and kind of forge a relationship and create um, a sense of trust and a sense of understanding with this individual who, you know, is going to sort of take you end to end through this process. Um, and that it's not, there isn't sort of this question mark hanging over, um, you know, who's going to take care of us? How's this going to go? You get a chance to really do a deep dive into each one of those elements. Um, and I think there's such a positive um, component there of being able to forge that relationship of where there's a mutual understanding of, of sort of the safety that that person brings, but also like the trust that you're able to build with, with that person. Um, and it, that alleviates, I think, one of the biggest concerns that I think maybe a lot of people have about the, the safety element of it. And that was kind of big for me being able to, to take the time to sort of spread out and have those conversations and really build that relationship. Right. So it's like anytime I had a question about, you know, what could potentially go wrong or, you know, I would come to the appointments and just ask her frankly, and she'd be able to kind of walk us through that and explain, you know, their protocol with everything. So that made us feel more comfortable knowing that if those situations came up, then it would be handled in this way. Exactly. Yes, I think a lot of the fear just comes from a lack of knowing what happens and which which is interesting because we also don't know what happens, you know, we don't know what's going to happen, what they're going to do in a hospital and we don't really ask questions about it. We just assume like, oh, well, they'll take care of it. If if whatever happens, they'll take care of it. And so taking that to the home birth side, yeah, those those questions are so valid, but they do have answers. And I know that that is so comforting, especially on the partner side as well of, okay, it's not just like, well, whatever, like whatever happens, happens. No, there's a plan. There's a protocol. This is a medical professional that we're dealing with. I listened to Happy Home Birth podcast probably every day of my pregnancy as I was uh, gearing up and preparing for my own home birth um, with my first baby. And it really gave me um, a lot of perspective about what kinds of birth are normal and just the wide variety of that. Um, and so it didn't tell me what to expect for my own birth, but it just brought to me clarity and comfort that anything that goes on um, is probably a really cool variation of normal and just makes my birth unique. Um, so it's so awesome to hear all of Caitlin's guests just share their different perspectives and what went on in their births. And so when I had my own home birth in June, um, I knew that everything going on, even though it was crazy and maybe not exactly like I heard other births, um, it was just perfectly how it was meant to be. And so we had the home birth that we prayed for. So thank you to everyone who shared their stories. So I would love to hear with all of this in mind, how the the pregnancy went, how the end of the pregnancy went, as you guys were kind of gearing up for this experience, what, what was going on? So pregnancy, you know, it being my first pregnancy, I have nothing to compare it to, but it was, I thought it went really well. I had a couple of weeks of feeling fatigue, but after that, I felt great the whole time. Um, I was able to stay active. I, you know, continued to eat well with an addition of, you know, extra desserts, but you know, I tried a healthy diet and, you know, continue to take my supplements. Um, so I felt great. That's amazing. And as you were approaching labor, 
you know, what was that, what was that experience like for you? So as I, you know, throughout the pregnancy, I was listening to a lot of positive birth stories and just kind of doing a lot of research. And the more I did, the more confident I felt. So like the fear or like the anxiety of like, oh, well, what is this supposed to feel like? Or what if this happens? The more I educated myself, the more confident and empowered I felt about birth itself. Um, so, I, you know, towards the end of it, I was kind of ready um, birth. And I felt like I knew what I needed to do. I knew my body and what made me comfortable. Um, so that was really good to be able to kind of learn, um, about the birthing process to kind of have that better understanding. Absolutely. And also as part of like the midwifery care is essentially a birth class, um, uh, somebody coaching you through what is going to be that like pretty intense process and kind of what to expect and what to think about, um, like a real hands-on coaching process, which was, was great to really get us to the point where we, again, yeah, felt confident that this was going to be something that we could handle and that we could make sure that we had, um, you know, a good experience. So. Yes. Yeah. And I definitely feel like so much of being able to cope effectively during labor is related to understanding the process that's going on while you're in labor. And that's something that a lot of people, even if they take, say, you know, a hospital-based childbirth education program, won't get and, and won't understand, but it sounds like you guys were very educated of, oh yeah, this is what happens. This is what's normal and we can expect this and we can be comfortable with this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's great. So, okay. Well, I'm excited to hear how this all unfolded. What, what was your birth story like? All right. So I was certain that he was going to come, you know, at 40 weeks or later, just because I heard that that's typical of first babies. And so at 38 weeks, we decided to plan a camping weekend for my birthday. And so we were going to camp and we were going to go hiking. Um, and so a couple weeks ago, like Friday, um, we went out to the campsite, we were setting up, and then we were sitting around the campfire, and just, I wasn't doing anything strenuous, I was kind of taking it easy, um, and then I kind of just scooted over uh, my seat, and then water gushed out, and I thought, that's weird, I didn't have to pee, um, but I wasn't sure if my water broke, because I thought, I would hear something like a pop or it would just be a little bit more, you know, not dramatic, but I thought I would know for sure. Clear. Yeah. That, you know, that was my water breaking and not just me sitting down um, and then water coming out. Um, and so I wasn't totally sure um, that that happened, but I wasn't feeling any contractions. Um, and so, and we were also at our campsite. We didn't have any cell service, so I wasn't able to Google <laughs> What to do if your water breaks or, you know, what it feels like. And we weren't able to call our midwife. And so I felt, because I felt fine, we just went to bed that night. And I actually had, you know, a really good sleep considering we were out camping and sleeping on an air mattress. I slept like a baby. Um, and it wasn't until the next morning we got up 
and then still felt fine. So we just went ahead and made breakfast and kind of took it easy. And then we decided to drive off the campsite and to call our midwife to see what we should do. Um, so that was the next day on Saturday. Um, and she said, you know, I explained to her what happened and she said, okay, well, um, it would be good to, to meet so that we can like check vitals and then go over our options. Um, so we did that. So she met us at home and, you know, she said, everything looks good. She went over the options of having either me like laboring naturally, or there, there's things that I could do to speed up the, you know, the contractions or like the starting the labor process, um, mm-hmm. just decide to let it happen naturally. So, um, I even contemplated like going back to the campsite and going hiking that day, but she said, definitely no, like you need to rest, <laughs> go, go into labor, you know, anytime, you know, in the next couple of days. So rest your body. And so we took it easy that day. Um, and then Saturday evening, I, she recommended I do the mile circuit. Um, which I kind of held off doing because the, the positions just were very uncomfortable to me. And so she said, you could do like a shortened version of it, like just do 15 minutes of each pose, like no problem. And then so before I went to bed, I did, you know, 20 to 30 minutes of the first and second pose. Um, I went upstairs to lay down in that um, exaggerated side lying position. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I fell asleep and then around that was around like nine or 10 o'clock. And then I started feeling very minor contractions. Um, and I go, Oh, okay. So that's maybe that's what it is. And it wasn't uncomfortable. kind of just felt like menstrual cramps to me. So I was able to sleep through them. Um, and it wasn't until about midnight. Um, yeah, I went downstairs and I was kind of just sitting through the contractions and when the contractions would come, I would stand up and, um, do like deep breathing and I would just sway and count in my head. Um, and then Andrew came down around two o'clock, um, and just checked up on me and I tried different laboring positions, like being on all fours or having him apply counter pressure, but I felt like neither one of those were helping me through the contraction so I just stuck with what felt good and I was just standing and swaying um because that's what would work for me um around six Andrew started getting the pool ready and then our midwife came over and she set up um and then during that time they were just trying to remind me to rest in between contractions and so eventually I was able to I was tired enough to be able to sleep through the contractions or sleep and then kind of breathe through the contractions. Um, And then around, oh, and then what really helped too is that I just threw on headphones and I started listening to um, meditation uh, and like birth affirmations. And that kind of got me through the contractions itself and being able to just kind of close my eyes and count and breathe. Um, And then around 11.30, it was when I was not able to get through the contractions. And I explained to my midwife, like, how it was feeling and, like, how my stomach kind of felt like it was having this reflex that I couldn't control. And she says, okay, it sounds like you're ready to push. And so we got into the pool. Um, Her and her assistant 
as pointers on different positions to try out. And so we tried out a few positions, um, getting on all fours and squatting or like getting on my back. Um, and they saw that I kind of wasn't able to get any traction like being on my back. And so Andrew jumped in and he was able to kind of hold me up and he was really helpful during the contractions, reminding me to breathe um, through them. And so that was really helpful to me because at that point I wasn't, I wasn't as controlled as you know, I was through my other contractions. Um, right. And so I needed that reminder, um, you know, that outside reminder to just remind me to breathe. I think one other really cool thing after you got into the pool and were, were kind of pushing is that the midwives were there to, to sort of start co doing a lot of coaching with you to sort of say, okay, you're like, you're making progress here. I know sometimes when you're, it seemed like when you're in that pushing phase, it was kind of getting somewhat discouraging of like, I feel like I'm, you know, I'm going through this really, really intense effort and like, am I making progress? I think there's sometimes an element of, you know, it's hard for you to believe that you're actually kind of making the progress that you feel like you should be. So they were really, really great about kind of calling out and letting Christine know like, okay, Hey, you're making great progress or here's where you are or okay. Like reach down and I'm going to, I'm going to like put some pressure here. This is where you need to focus on pushing or just kind of coaching through that. I thought was really, really valuable at that time. When you're so, you were so focused on, on what is this kind of really intense effort that you had to put in and that they were kind of helping give a little bit of extra coaching on being able to focus that, that effort even more uh, productively. So I, I thought that was, that was really positive. Yeah, that, that's a good reminder. Um, Andrew was able to like help me through the contractions, just reminding me to breathe. But then I would close my eyes to the contractions. And every time I would open my eyes, my midwife and her assistant would be there and they would say something very positive or, you know, just give me like a, a head nod and say, yep, you're doing it. Like you're making progress. And so that was really nice to have, you know, a supportive team around me. Um, and just pushing me. Yeah. It sounds like you had, you had the affirmations throughout, you know, you had them from Andrew during the contractions and then you open your eyes and the rest of your team is there giving you positive feedback as well. That's, that's huge. Yeah. But also just letting us kind of do our thing too. You know, they were there, mm -hmm. they weren't like intrusive or anything. Like they knew that I needed Andrew. And then, so anytime I would open my eyes, they would be there too, but they also kind of just let us be, um, because I, you know, they knew that I needed that assurance from Andrew. Yeah. That mm -hmm. huge element of they were there, but like they were, they were, and they did so much. They did so much work in the background, um, whether it's preparing to have everything for when they needed it, but also they're very intuitive in terms of knowing, okay, here's when I don't need to be involved, but here's when I need to be involved and I can, I can have a positive influence. And so their, their ability to know when to, when to sort of interject and when to, to kind of just be in the background was, was looking back, um, really cool, uh, a really, really impressive skill that they've, they've developed over, over time. So. I think that's such a great point. And I, yeah, I don't feel like people talk about that nearly enough. Yeah. The idea that the midwife is not the star of the show. Like they are there for you. They are there to support you, but they totally understand what it means to, to just be that safe 
that safety net to be there to hold the space to give to give advice and encouragement when needed but also to completely recognize when it's like okay christine and andrew are are doing this themselves and and respecting that and and you you saying that actually brings something up in that our midwife kind of said you know i I can't be your support person. That's not what I am or what I need to be. Um, I'm like, I need to have my focus on this or that. So she was really great about emphasizing like, Andrew, here's, here's the valuable role you can play here. You need to be that support person and like helping her, um, me to feel confident to be able to do that. Um, but also helping me understand that like, I need to do that. Like I can't just sort of, drift out and sort of check out because the midwife has to be tuned into to other things to be able to do her job um, effectively and kind of make sure that this goes well. So it's like, you know, I need to do, I need to do my job as well. And she was really good about emphasizing that, but also trying to create the space to empower me to feel like I could do that. I really appreciate you saying that, that it just, it helps so much because I feel like a lot of times uh, couples will go into birth where you know the partner doesn't doesn't know what is expected and doesn't know where he fits into the puzzle and that can be such a such a really uncomfortable place to be Hi, my name is Laura, and I'm currently 34 weeks pregnant with my first child. It's a boy due this December. When I was about 16 weeks along is when my husband and I started to plan for a home birth. And ever since then, I started to look for different resources, and I came across the Happy Home Birth podcast. I'm so, so glad that I did because it's been so helpful and encouraging to me during this pregnancy. I listen while I do the dishes, while I walk, while I drive, while I build many different baby items, and it has been so encouraging and empowering to hear from many different women and their different birth experiences. I truly feel confident and I feel at peace these last few weeks of pregnancy leading up to my own birth, and a lot of that is thanks to this podcast and it helping me to mentally prepare for my own home birth. So I am hopeful and I'm confident that things are going to go well this December, and I can't wait to have my own story to share. So thank you, Caitlin, and thank you to the many women who have been on this podcast. Uh, Happy 100th episode. So the fact that, you know, it seems like beforehand, you guys already had a handle on, okay, like Andrew has a job too, and this is what he's going to be focused on. That is highly empowering and, and I'm sure very comforting in the moment to know like, yes, I am just as involved as this, you know, as anybody else on this team. And really good about saying like making, making just really short, easy suggestions of like, oh, maybe we should try and get Christine something to eat, or maybe we should try to get her something to drink or, you know, just little things like that, little reminders that aren't, aren't sort of like pulling you out of your job, but just, yeah, again, she's, she's got her eye on that process throughout and um, is kind of projecting where needed. I, I thought it was fantastic. Yeah. That is really cool. Now, so Christine, I guess you were in kind of like a, a supported squat as you were pushing. Is that right? Um, so I was kind of more reclined, I would say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you started on hands and knees, kind of laying on the edge of the tub for a good portion. Then you kind of started putting one leg up um, yeah, for a while. Yeah, kind of like legs in a squat. Yep. And then I ended up in like a reclined position. And then Andrew kind of came into the tub and was like sitting behind me, supporting me. 
Okay. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So as you're pushing, I'm, I'm curious to hear how this goes. <laughs> so I felt like this part of the birth was way more intense than, you know, the contractions beforehand, like hours of contractions. And I just, I think in hindsight, I probably could have done a better job. <laughs> um, but I tried to breathe through it and Andrew would remind me, um, but it just took, it felt like it took forever. Um, but again, the midwife was there and she kept reminding me that I was making progress. Um, and so the whole crowning and ring of fire was very, very intense. Um, and I tried to listen to her and try to control my breathing as he was coming out. Um, and so once his head was out, though, um, but it was still very cool that she was kind of talking us through you know, the head was crowning and or like the head is out and like just one more push. So be able to like listen to that process um, was very cool. And having Andrew be a part of that and kind of be encouraging and saying, yeah, like, oh, yeah, he's here or like just one more push or like, let's just, you know, wait for the next contraction um, was really, really helpful. <laughs> That's so encouraging. And so as and how long how long did you push? You got in the, you got in the tub at eleven thirty, and I would say that your pushing really really started then. Mm-hmm. Um, and then he was born. What time? He was born at two fifteen. Mm. So we were in the tub for like an hour. I got out to kind of take a break, go to the bathroom, and then I got back in and then pushed for another hour or so. Yeah. Yeah, that's intense. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It felt like forever. <laughs> uh, yeah, I bet. Okay, so you get to the end. You you experience crowning. His head comes out. What was that like? And and transitioning into that immediate postpartum. What were you guys experiencing? So he came out, and he did have um, the cord around his neck, and they easily just, you know, unwrapped the cord. Um, He needed a little help breathing, and so they had, like, a tray right by the poolside. Um, They set him on the tray, and he was with us the whole time, so they never took him away. He was on the tray, and they, you know, gave him a few breaths with their resuscitator. Um, And the whole time, I didn't feel panicky at all. I, you know, they knew what they were doing and I felt comfortable with that and so maybe like 30 seconds later he started crying and then so they they put him back on my chest and I was able to hold him um I think at that time they noticed I was bleeding a lot more than they would like and so I got out of the tub um and then they waited for the umbilical cord to stop pulsing and they said, okay, we're ready to like cut the cord. Um, we're going to try and get the you know placenta out. And um, I had trouble with getting the placenta out because I had been hydrating, you know, for all those hours and I wasn't able to pee. And so they recommended me trying to go to the bathroom and they couldn't do anything about that. And so we had to use a catheter and I think they got like, two and a half cups of pee out. Um, and then they noticed that I was still bre- bleeding a lot. And so, um, yeah, like your uterus wasn't, wasn't contracting as well. As, yeah. And so, you know, they gave me some herbs and some teas to drink. Um, and then I, I think it, I was still bleeding more than they would like. And so the midwife 
said that she needed to go in and kind of like sweep my uterus to see if there was any clots in there. Um, so that part was also very intense. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> Andrew, the way Andrew explains it, it's really funny. <laughs> I was kind of, I was so out of it at that point that like I felt uncomfortable, but I was, I could barely comprehend what was going on. So I'll let him tell the story because it's kind of funny. <laughs> well, I don't know. I guess looking back on the post, like immediate postpartum period, I think we kind of said, you know, all the things that I think folks are really afraid of, like, you know, I go all the way back to that first conversation Christine and I had about, you know, selecting a home birth and that initial you know, anxiety or hesitation over, okay, like, well, what happens in this case or that case? And so I feel like a lot of those things that folks talk about kind of happen to us. Um, and, and I feel like shout out to, to the, to the midwife care that we had of them making it sort of something that we understood of like, you know, you know, resuscitation is something that's pretty normal, pretty common. It's not something to be panicky over. It's not something to be scared about. Cord wrapped around the neck, actually not really a problem. It's pretty simple. Like a lot of those things were really comforting so that when we did face those, it was good. I know as soon as um, you had kind of tried to go to the bathroom and it sounded like Christine was going to the bathroom, but you weren't peeing, it was just kind of like, mm -hmm. we were, I started to get a little concerned that was the first time I started to get a little bit worried. Um, but I mean, they were, they were absolutely calm and really, really relaxed. And they were, they were really good about saying like, okay, this is what's happening. Um, we're going to try to do this. Um, so we need you to, yeah, try to go to the bathroom or, Hey, we're going to try to, we can't get you to go to the bathroom. So we're going to try and cath you. Um, just kind of really calmly walking you through like the steps that they're going to take. It wasn't a situation in which, you know, we're going to whisk you away and we're not going to tell you what we're doing and we're just doing this or that. I felt, I felt pretty good about it. Um, but some of the things weren't working. And so I, I had kind of taken the baby and was just, um, skin with the baby, just kind of holding him. And they kind of said, well, we can't get this to stop. So maybe we need to go in and, and kind of explore the uterus manually. And I was kind of looking around like thinking, Oh, well maybe they have, maybe they have a tool for this or <laughs> and they just pulled out this big, like elbow length glove. And I was kind of looking around going, wait. Um, and she was like, yep, grab, grab a hand where I need to, I need to do this. And we said, okay. And like all credit to Christine, you're an absolute champ. That was mm -hmm. very, very intense experience, but looking back one that was necessary and one that was done really professionally and really calmly. And like one that they really made an emphasis on helping you understand what they were doing and why they were doing it. Right. Um, like I never, yeah. like it was uncomfortable and it was intense, but I never felt panicky. I never felt like, Oh my God, what's happening? You know, what's going on. I never felt that way. I've, I always felt like I was, they were talking us through it. So I was like, okay, I, I trust you guys and we need to do what we need to do to resolve this issue. Yeah. Wow. So what did they find when they did that sweep? So they kind of, I don't think she found too many clots. Um, you had, you had birthed your placenta. Um, and I think the the cause was just the uterus wasn't contracting and it was your bladder was distended. Mm -hmm. So they went back and they, um, they cast again and they got like another three, three and a half cups, cups yeah. of urine out. Oh. So, Whoa. 
Yeah. yeah. So were... like total, it was like almost six cups of urine <laughs> just for me hydrating all those hours, not yeah. being in the bathroom. Yeah. And so yeah, once they were able to get that out, then um, your uterus started to contract really well and your bleeding um, subsided, subsided like pretty quickly. Yeah. But I mean, at the end of the day, it was still like seven, seven and a half um, cups of blood or, or I think is what they said. There was a, there was a lot of blood, but um, you know, at the end of the day, it, it was something that needed to get addressed and addressed quickly. And they did a really great job of one, one thing I will call out that they did a great job of. It was never something where it was like, okay, like make sure the baby goes away, make sure we sort of clear this space, like everybody out. It was sort of, I was there, the baby was there, um, you know, throughout the process, it was all about making sure they really, they really cared about the importance of, the, the mother and the child and, and the ability for them to be together immediately post-birth and, and basically saying, no worries, we can do all the things that we need to do, um, you know, while still maintaining that um, because they kind of believe in that importance. And so that was really cool um, to not only be able to do that, but also maintain that, that kind of bond and that partnership between mom and baby um, immediately after. Yeah. That, and that's a great point because sometimes those births that do have those, I, I mean, I don't, I hesitate to call it traumatic because it, it seems like you guys were comfortable, you know, as comfortable as you can be with that. But like those births that have those hiccups, that's when bonding is so critical, you know, even more critical than, than normal. And so the idea that in, in the mainstream setting, we usually whisk the baby away and there, there's the separation, like that's actually the last thing that we want. So I love hearing that that's not how it was at all for you guys. And and I think you use that word trauma. I think one of the elements of that is like that could have been a very traumatic experience. Um, but I think it was the element of not, I think it was the element of making sure that the baby was there, that they explained what they were doing. There was a lot of, there was just a lot of interpersonal element there that made it more comfortable. It made it not traumatic. It could have easily something that looking back on could have been traumatic if you were just a passenger on that experience, as opposed to somebody, somebody who's fully present, aware of what's going on, understanding the reasoning behind why this is happening and what we need to do. Um, and I think that can make all the difference for somebody, you know, like Christine, looking back on that experience and saying it was either traumatic or, or it was like, that was my birth. It was intense. It mm-hmm. was powerful, but it was, but you know, in the end, positive. you know, both mom and baby are healthy. Yeah. And mom is still, you know, in control. You know, you were still so involved, kind of like what Andrew was just saying, you know, being a passenger versus being the one driving the bus, you know, like you are still being, you are still in control of the situation. They're still involving you in everything that's going on. And I completely agree. Just that ability to process what's going on in the moment instead of just having it happen to you. Yeah. That's, that just completely mitigates that traumatic experience into one that's like, wow, look at what we did. We had this, this intense, amazing birth and we did so good. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Wow. That is incredible. Well, so what is this postpartum phase like for you guys now? It's been really nice. Um, I, you know, part of the midwifery care, like I really like that they do the home visits and, um, 
you know, she really emphasizes on like me resting and getting the care I needed. Um, so having Andrew here and having my sister here, um, you know, with an extra set of hands has been really helpful. Um, and so I think that's just really nice to be able to have her come visit as opposed to us having to go out and go to the doctor's office. She comes over and she, you know, she has this relationship with us now. And so she understands, you know, like my body, she understands the baby. And so it's nice to have that care postpartum too. I also I agree. Think I was really blown away and didn't, I guess I didn't expect it. Um, immediately after, like they stayed, I mean, he was born at two fifteen, and I don't think they left our house until eight, eight thirty that night. And before they left, they basically made sure that we, we were 100% set up to go into the evening and like go to sleep. And we knew exactly what we needed to do. I mean, they prepped us for kind of what to expect and coached us through, you know, we're coming back in 24 hours, basically, we're going to see you tomorrow, but here just making sure you're ready for the immediate after afterwards. So that was really, really cool to feel like, whoa, we've got this extra level of, again, coaching and just information and knowledge, which again, I like keep reflecting on that being the biggest takeaway um, from the whole experience and that level of care that just feels like, you know, I just don't know where else you get that or, or how else you get that. Um, and that, that makes the difference. It's like little things like that, that I think have such a big impact. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. This has been so illuminating and I really am so appreciative of you guys coming on together and sharing this. Andrew, it really is is very helpful, I think. I think this episode will be particularly helpful for other dads who maybe are uncertain about the ideas of home birth and what this is actually going to look like. Um, so being able to have both of your perspectives on one episode has been hugely beneficial. So I can't thank you guys enough for coming on the podcast. This has been such a joy. Yeah, thank you so much for having us. It was um, really nice to be able to share our story and have Andrew here to share his perspective. Like, he did so much during the process, and so I felt like it would be very valuable um, to hear his side of the story as the partner and the father. Yeah, and, and I, I know... You know, I don't know how many dads get a chance to, to listen. I know Christine listened to this a lot um, in the lead-up to birth, but I feel I feel like dads probably need just as much positive birth reassurance or affirmation as, as moms do, um, Mm -hmm. that that's a powerful tool for helping them also, you know, be better partners and just have a better experience as as well. So I hope if nothing else that, that folks can hear this other perspective and that they, um, they benefit from that as well. Oh, amazing. Thank you guys so much for coming on the happy home birth podcast. You bet. Thanks, Caitlin. Hi, my name is Jamie Wallen. I'm a chiropractor in Tampa, Florida. We use the Happy Home Birth Academy program to prepare for a home birth for our first baby. Uh, He came last week and we had a successful home birth. Um, I just really recommend the program. Um, I'm a big fan of the podcast. I have listened to every single episode. So while I was pregnant, I would listen to an episode while I exercised. Um, And then I also did the course and I felt like those two things combined will fully prepare someone who is looking to have a home birth. Thanks.
My name is Megan, and I am pregnant with my first baby and planning a home birth. Um, I attended a birth probably about four years ago, and ever since then have just been in love with the idea of home birth. I just started listening to your podcast um, about a month ago because I'm pregnant now. I've known that this podcast has existed for a while, and I've been a part of the Facebook group for uh, a bit now. But I didn't listen to any of the podcasts because it wasn't really a reality until I myself was pregnant. So here I am listening to it. And I love it. Absolutely love it. Um, I've loved listening to all the different shapes and sizes that birth comes in. So all the different stories of moms talking about their different but similar experiences. And Caitlin, I know you aren't a fan of saying pain, but I've loved the number of times that I've heard a mom say that she got to a point where the labor process was so intense that she just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I think there was one mom who said, <laughs> I got to a point where I thought I'd rather die than go through this anymore. But I love that because the moms did it anyways. They they persevered and they got through. And that has helped my mindset a lot. Part of what got me through grad school, and I think what's going to help get me through this birth process, is that if they can do it, I can do it. That's something that I've said to myself time and time again over the years about a lot of different things. Um, not because I'm better than anybody else, not because I'm stronger than anybody else, but because I'm equal to them. And I'm equal in my ability to do what my body was designed to do. And listening to these birth stories have been very encouraging to me in this process. I'm really excited to experience my own and potentially contribute one day. Uh, and just a side note, I've been talking about home birth and super excited about it. And my sister-in-law, who's pregnant with twins, this is her fourth pregnancy, um, so babies four and five, and she lives in Ohio, and twin home birth is legal, and she think she's going to be doing a home birth as well. So I'm very excited about what the future has to hold. Keep doing these podcasts. They're amazing and so encouraging. And I love listening to them. Thank you. I am so appreciative of this episode and the perspective that it brings. It is so important to focus on mothers and their experience of birth. Yes, but what a disservice we're doing if we're not showing up for dads and helping them see how they fit into the equation. Christine and Andrew worked together so beautifully before, during, and after their birthing experience. And Andrew's understanding of his responsibilities as the birth partner certainly added massive value to their home birth. I hope this episode acts as inspiration and as a roadmap for other fathers who are looking for ways to be involved in the birthing experience. You're part of this team and you are incredibly important. All right, my friends, that's all I've got for you for this 100th episode. Thank you so much for tuning in and I look forward to seeing you back here next week. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Are you looking to extend the home birth support, encouragement, and education? Join us in our Facebook group, Happy Home Birth Podcast Community, and check us out on Instagram at Happy Home Birth Podcast.